Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Rachel Yates is the Director of Music at a secondary grammar school in Manchester, England. She is a music educator and musician with a background in piano, woodwind, and vocals. She studied music at the University of Leeds, followed by the completion of her PGCE. She has a largely orchestral and choral background, performing alongside ensembles such as the BBC Philharmonic and Manchester Chamber Choir. She is passionate about music's integral place within the curriculum and the value that it brings. Born in Kingston-upon-Thames, Santiago Lloyd grew up and went to school in Manchester. He is surrounded by a very musical family, from his classical-trained grandma to his multi-instrumentalist father, he always showed a fascination for the art form. By 10, he was running a ukulele club at his primary school, a tradition that has been kept up to this day. At 13 years old, he started learning the piano, and now at 17, he focuses on expanding his skills in music theory, composition, and performance, striving to continue his career. So this week, I have the uh, distinct honor um, to welcome for the first time in in the history of this podcast series, a student as well as their teacher. Uh, and um, th- this teacher and student combination are, are uh, near and dear to our hearts at Music First uh, because at the beginning of 2023, we held a fabulous, uh, or we put out a call for uh, compositions from students from around the UK using any piece of software they wanted. Uh, and we had an incredible musician and presenter and well-known uh, personality in the UK named Yolanda Brown. Uh, and we had a celebration of student creativity. And one of the works that was uh, highlighted on that uh, event or at that event uh, was uh, by this next student, uh, Santiago Lloyd, uh, and his teacher, uh, Rachel Yates, Miss Yates. So um uh, Miss Yates and Santiago, welcome to the podcast. Santiago, you have the honor of being the only student ever. So uh, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me too. It's, it's, a, it's an honor. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Uh, very good. So um, before we get started, uh, you know, for the, for our listeners, um, uh, Miss Yates, you teach at um, St. Ambrose uh, College, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. It's in Manchester in the UK, and it's a Catholic grammar school for boys. And what age group is that? Because here in the US, college means, you know, kind of uni. Uh, so what 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 age students do you teach, Miss Yates? Yeah, so we're um, in a secondary school. So we're in 11 to 18 schools. So that's key stage three, four, and key stage five. Great. Excellent. Excellent. So 
Um, Manchester, for those uh, listeners who don't know, is kind of uh, in, in the middle of England on, on the on the western side. It's a great town. I've been there many times. My mother uh, is from Widnes, which isn't too far away, uh, a little bit further north. Um, but yeah, it's great to have the both of you here. So because we have two guests and a student, what I'd like to do is have each of you kind of introduce yourself and we'll start with Miss Yates. And I'd love for you um, to talk about your career, like how you got interested in music, how you got interested in teaching and how you ended up uh, eventually uh, at St. Ambrose College. So if you could, uh, if you could do that for us, it'd be really great. Yeah, sure. So um, I think like a lot of music teachers and musicians, um, I was exposed to music from a very young age. Um, my dad was a very keen jazz musician. Um, he wasn't kind of professionally trained, um, but he was very active on like the local jazz scene in Liverpool. Oh, um, excellent. And yeah, I remember like he would compose um, like Rachel Blues or Lullaby Blues on the clarinet. And um, it was a very kind of active music household, really. And um, obviously being born in, or not being born, but living in Liverpool, you're exposed to like this melting pot of cultures and music yep. and uh, the Beatles and all that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, my dad was also a history teacher by profession. I think music oh. was his true passion and calling, but um, his day to day was teaching. So I feel like I've kind of just taken those two strands um, and sort of followed in his footsteps, really. Right. Um, yeah, I took up piano at the age of eight um, and then went on to clarinet and saxophone and eventually vocals. Um, and again, I went to music, uh, studied music at the University of Leeds. Um, remember it being a very diverse degree because I think a lot of universities will offer your standard performance and composing, uh, whereas Leeds seemed really special because you did modules in like the science of music, the aesthetics of philosophy of music, you did um, the psychology of music and I think it kind of showed that music's not just this creative endeavor but it's actually you know pertinent to all walks of life and so when you're in a school setting and you're teaching music it's very useful because you realize it links to everything right um, and yeah um, it was a great university um, I did composition there as well and expected to do kind of film music and um, these really epic like movie scores but actually Leeds was well known for using technology um, to kind of create avant-garde post 1950s sort of art music and oh. instead I remember being uh, in, in like a car park and I'd be recording <laughs> the sounds of cars or suitcases going across cobblestones and um, you know kind of very unusual techniques and approaches which I just never was never exposed to before and that was really eye-opening so I think bringing that back um, to school is, is and in my job is very kind of you know useful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, after my degree, I ended up doing a PGC in secondary education. Um, and I've worked at a couple of schools, kind of up in Yorkshire, then in Cheshire, and now obviously in Manchester. Um, and yeah, that's my day to day. And then otherwise, I'm kind of in local orchestras and choirs, currently like Man Manchester Chamber Choir. Um, so yeah, that's really how I got into teaching and where I am today. And how long have you been teaching? Um, I think this is about my eighth year now. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So interesting that um, before I before I ask the same question of Santiago, my my uh, in the United States, as you may know, Miss Yates, uh, there basically when you go to university as a music student, you can choose one of a couple of tracks 
One is a performance degree. One is a pure music education degree. And then there is like music technology, music business. Um, but like for me, when I went to school, I knew that when I got into university, even though in my heart of hearts, I wanted to be a professional tuba player, I was a music education major from day one. Uh, I knew that that's what I was, my degree would would lend me the opportunity to do upon graduation. Um, I was also a theory comp major. So whenever I talk to music education uh, or music teachers in the UK, I'm always fascinated by the idea that, I mean, I think now there are specific, like you, was it PGSE? I'm sorry for not knowing the- uh, <laughs> yeah. A PGCE. PGCE, which is basically yes. a degree that you would get after a performance degree that would give you the credentials to be able to teach in a in a school? Or is it to give you kind of like what it's like to teach all the child psychology, all the things you need to know to be an effective teacher? Yeah, exactly. I think it's kind of holistic. And, yeah. you know, you learn, um, I was fortunate enough to have like a music specific PGCE. So we would have weekly classes and seminars on how to actually teach the pedagogy of that particular subject. Right. Um, and yeah, you get such a range of people coming coming onto these PGCs because obviously musicians come from such a, sorry, a wide you know walk of life. You get performance um, kind of majors, and then you get musicologists, you get composers, and um, yeah, it's just a, a very eclectic kind of mix of people. Yeah, it's 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 a very different approach. I don't know I don't know which is better because I have not uh, I've not um, experienced the the UK approach, but. I always am fascinated by it. And the fact that you've got a composition background um, doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I will say, Santiago, that when I heard your piece, uh, I was blown away, I think is the is the reason why I invited you specifically with your teacher to come on this podcast. Um, and, I, and I'd love to turn to you now, Santiago, and ask you about how you got interested in music um, and specifically composition. Like, or do you play an instrument? Like when did, what, what is your, I know you're uh, a kind of a youngster in, in comparison to myself, who's got a half a century under his belt, but I'd love to know like your, um, how you got interested in music and how you got interested in composing. Yeah, of course. I, I suppose we do come from a lot of a very different backgrounds. So my experience in music is probably very different from yours. Yeah. And I think part of my experience to music is why I'm so into composition compared to like analyzing it or by like performing it. But yeah. I obviously like doing everything. I think at first, it's just that music's been pretty much surrounded me. Like all my family are musicians. I've got like clarinetists and orchestra. My dad's like multi-instrumentalist used to play in a band for the bass and all that. Mm. So like all, all like everything around me is pretty much just surrounded by music. But I think the first time that I kind of fully noticed that music was having such this effect on me was especially playing like video games and all that. Cause that's some of the most memorable moments of my life, mm. especially like a lot of Nintendo games were, were given to me by like my mom and all that. And I just like, those memories are so fun to me just cause they're, they're, they're pretty much such childish joy. Yeah, yeah. And I keep that really dear to heart, especially. So during the summer holidays, um, or not the holidays, but the summer where we had COVID, the first lockdown, I right. got myself a virtual reality headset for the P uh, for the PlayStation. Ah, very and, cool. Yeah, the first the first game I got on there was Beat Saber. Oh, Beat Saber! I play game. that. I I am no way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm one of those people that they, they grind it out until they're like semi good. So <laughs> I I listen to pretty much every song you can you've got on that on that um on that game. Right. And on top of that, because I've got a new virtual reality headset, I, I've gotten other songs on the game. So like really, I like as much as I love video games, it's the music that's driving me to kind of push on and find more and more kind of enjoyment out of it. But yeah, mm. like my like my really early experiences with rhythm games and especially that kind of genre where it's a lot of EDM and very high energy, high octane kind of music yep. is really what kind of brought me to composition because it's it feels it's it's kind of like uh, how do I explain it? Um, it? There's something about the really high energy stuff about it that I don't really get from other music. Yeah, like there's other music that is it's it's playable and it's enjoyable, but there was something especially from the early age that it was just something that I've never heard of this music before, and I was feeling something so ecstatic about it, and my energetic ten year old brain couldn't handle it. So, <laughs> like I really just grew attached to that kind of music, and I've been listening to it ever since. I'm finding new artists, and especially artists that really define their own sound. In, right. In so what what is your what is that, your favorite so Santiago, your favorite genre is EDM? Yeah, obviously that's a really broad term. Yes. But yeah, pretty much EDM is my favorite genre. There's because there's obviously a lot of different EDM subgenres. So I like them all. I would say it's hard to really say your favorite genre when you right. talk about EDM because yep. Every it's a very yeah, it's a very and, very broad category for those people that may, may may be listening right now. Santiago, what does EDM stand for? Oh, of course, yeah, EDM stands for electric dance music. Yeah, all right, very so good. It's yeah, pretty much everything synthesized um, and it's sampled, and and then, yeah, they'll make it like dance music stuff you hear at clubs and raves and festivals and all that. Right, but obviously, my experience is more about video games rather than festivals and all that. So yeah, um, that's that's attracted me from a young age. But yeah, and it's just kind of grew on from there. Like the entirety of of secondary school is just me being surrounded by other kind of music. Like I listened to some a lot of jazz from there. Like uh, Jacob Collier is a name that. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I love there. Jacob Collier. <laughs> of course, yeah. I think every everyone who's who's a who's kind of in my you know, like a jazz musician yeah. trying to yep. study something really likes Jacob Collier. I would say, Absolutely. if you haven't heard of Jacob Collier, you really should listen to him. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's my suggestion. Excellent. Yeah, so, I really grew attached to him. So, Santiago, do you play? Is there um, are there any performance ensembles that you play with at San Saint Ambrose College, or is your um, is your interaction with Miss Yates or the music department specifically uh, composing? Um, no, I definitely do a lot of like different things to do with music. There's a lot of performing in it, I would say, because my class is very much um, towards performing. So we yeah. have a sixth form, a sixth form band which I play the the piano in, but okay. I also quite like bringing in other techs. So I have like a talk box and a, and a keytar. A keytar. <laughs> yeah. My dad got that from Japan. That's, that's a real present. I really like that. So oh, that's know. awesome. I love those. Uh, th those are very eighties. So for, uh, it's mm -hmm. super cool. Yes. Um, all right. So what I'm going to do uh, now is go back to Miss Yates. If I might, Santiago, thank you so much. I'd love Miss Yates to like, what is your day-to-day -day job at St. Ambrose college? Like what classes do you teach? Um, you know, are you, are you there before uh, school, after school? Yeah, I think every single day at a school as a secondary teacher is different and it throws yes. so many wild scenarios and the unexpected at you. You know, you can plan your day to a T, have the best lessons ever. 
and then something happens or it starts raining outside and the students become you know wild and yep. Um, yep. your day just is very <laughs> unpredictable so um yeah I think officially you know um I think as director of music you know my job is to try and design a curriculum that's engaging um, with the students first and foremost obviously we're in charge of results I don't know if you have a similar system in the US but um, in the UK we have GCSE exams and then A-level exams which are quite a big deal yep. um, so obviously outcomes are really important and we also you know run a lot of concerts so um, already planning the Christmas program for example um, I think that's officially like my role really right 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 when it comes maybe to like students like Santiago for instance I think you know that's kind of where the real reward comes and yep. you know having these really talented students that come through um and i have to say it is rare actually that we get talented composers i think it's usually performers that you know really kind of stand out so yeah no i couldn't the same this the same is true in the u.s for sure uh is that when you get um there are some amazing programs in the u.s for composition one of my personal favorites that i'm on the board of is uh called music comp which is the composers online mentoring program it's up in the state of vermont um, but other than that there's you know when you when you get a kid who can compose or let me say it nicely a student who could compose it's a it's an absolute <laughs> delight and treat uh for any music teacher um yeah that's yeah. wonderful so yeah you, you, it sounds like you have a, a gig just like most music teachers in the u.s where it's crazy and it's trying to trying to herd cats and make music at the same time often. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. <laughs> that's fantastic. So um, Santiago, I have a question. I'll, I'll turn to you next. It's specifically about using music technology. So you mentioned um, uh, that your family is, uh, you know, um, a, a many uh, musicians and uh, Miss Yates, you said uh, your father is a jazz musician. Most people of my generation, which means, you know, that, that they're older than 40, let's say, um, did not have or likely did not have the types of tools <laughs> that are available to you uh, today to learn um, music or either to learn music, to make music, that kind of thing. I'd love to know, Santiago, because if you play piano, that's probably, you know, it is, quote unquote, a technology um, but it's, you know, you don't plug it in and there's no screen and there's no, you know, uh, uh, mouse on it. Um, what do you think about music technology in in a music program, like in your school? Where is its place? What do you think about it? Because I'll be honest, Santiago, I've never asked a student this question on the podcast. Most teachers that I have are like, oh, it's fantastic. It affords students all these opportunities. But I've never actually asked the students. So I'd love to know your take. Yeah, of course. yeah go for it. What do you think about music technology in your music class? Um, so our, our course is very traditional. So we, we obviously focus a lot more on performance and analysis. I feel right. like it's left a lot up to me to kind of go out and explore the world of technology. Right. But we do obviously have access to these, um, the Macs and the um, the digital audio workstations and a lot of the different kind of um, stuff when it comes to composing. But I feel like sometimes I have to then go out and then um, obviously look for what I want from my digital audio workstation and then mm -hmm. go do it. So if, if I want to record something, I go for a mic. If I want to find a, a new synthesizer, I'll have to go buy it by the synthesizer. Mm. So I feel like in the course, it's not as prevalent as 
I would prefer. But I also think that's just because my preferences is very electronic. I I obviously love learning about all these other like musics and I love music. So I love love learning about these things and listen to new stuff. But in my heart, it's like I, I know music is the is is my my way. So do you have so a do you have me some personally, type of Sorry to interrupt you, uh, Santiago. Do you have a setup at yes, your home or are you only using music tech at, at, at school? Yeah, I do. I have a, I do have a little set. I have like a little desk, a little studio just in, in the corner of my room with all my electronics in it. But yeah, so I, I obviously have the music mic set up um, that I got from winning the competition. Yeah, thank you for that, by the way. You got and, it. You deserve it. Got... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really useful. Actually, I'm using it to, I'm using it right now. I'm doing some capella thing because obviously we're talking about jacob carly i wanted to try and do something similar to that so that's my my next big project seeing how um seeing how in tune i can be i suppose but very, then, very other cool. than that <laughs> yeah it's cool no, so other than that, i've got logic um oh yeah logic so you have logic on your home computer or do you have that at school we have garage band at school but i um i went and got logic on my mac um uh, so obviously because logic has a lot more tools to do with yep. mastering and audio effects and all that um i can obviously use that but on top of that i've bought um, a software synth called phase plan which is used in the song yep. so a lot of some of the um, the leads and the little kind of um glitter effects and like kind of the stuff you may not be able to hear but you can feel it some of that is definitely um, in made by phase plan um that i've made and that's a um that's something that you don't really get at school, but I would recommend that people try out this whole sound design through synthesizers. It's another aspect of music that no one really, or no one in school, especially at least in my school, but no one in school really kind of focuses on. But that's something that I would definitely like uh, encourage more because I feel like it gets you understanding the way that waves work, the way that vibrations work, the way that kind of music works. It it it's It's all about kind of, obviously creating your sound so you can understand how that works and for me it's helped me a lot um especially when understanding composing and making music so yeah i use that quite a lot and i'm using it in another composition i'm working on now other than the acapella one so yeah oh, it's, it's probably going to be a part of what i of my routine from now on i suppose yeah well santiago i have to tell you that you remind me very much of me when i was by the way how old are you i i didn't even ask you that how old are you santiago <laughs> Yeah, I'm 17. I turned 18 in February. Okay, good. So when I was your age, um, I was exactly the same. I was a, uh, I know this may sound crazy, but I was a paper boy uh, when I was your age. So I used to deliver newspapers around my neighborhood and I would get paid. That was my job. Uh, and I saved up for years uh, to be able to buy my first synthesizer, uh, which was a Roland Juno 106 way, way back in the mm. mid 1980s. And no, none of that was being done at school. It was my own interest of, um, you know, how to create really cool sounds. But I also wanted to be in a band. I wanted to play in a rock band. Um, I wanted to be like a famous keyboard player. So I was doing all that side outside of school. I never had the opportunity to compose in school. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this back to Miss Yates now, and, and and ask you this kind of the same question. What do you think? Because uh, Santiago said it's kind of a traditional music program. But what do you think the role of music technology is? Yeah, I think absolutely the fundamentals of music tech should certainly be in schools. And I think 
there's so much variation with the departments that you teach in. So we're really lucky our school because um, we have 30 Mac minis. So we're able to access, you know, like GarageBand. Um, we also can access MuseScore and we've tried things like Soundtrap and things, which are quite handy. Yep. Um, but I think, yeah, it varies from school to school, really. And of course, like, you know, cost is always a factor. Um, you know, Santi's mentioned that um, the course is very traditional and, and he's right, you know, um, if you do kind of a, a kind of straight music GCSE or A level, it's very kind of based on Western classical music and um, and that the classical canon stuff. And and you really have to pursue, a, you know, B tech or maybe yep. a, a, an A level in music tech to actually be exposed to, you know, a real kind of deeper knowledge. And I think it would be great to see even more traditional courses you know, see music technology not as just something separate to music, but as t- completely integral. Yeah. Um, and you know, it would be great to see the curriculum evolve a little bit more in that kind of regard. But um, certainly, you know, the music tech that we do do, we find, for example, that GarageBand is like so popular uh, with our year sevens and eights. They just see it kind of as almost like a game, sort of dragging yep. loops and you know, you know, building things and. Um, Obviously, as well, I think the careers and the employment opportunities are in music tech. You know, there's that whole stereotype, isn't there, that um, if you can't do, then go into music teaching. Or, oh, yep, um, yeah, the same here. Know, music degrees don't really get you many jobs. And I think I think that's obviously, you know, not necessarily Wrong. the case. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, for, for sure, I think music tech has loads of jobs opportunities. And um, it would be wrong to not at least incorporate it in the curriculum, particularly lower down school as well. Um, so that the students, I think they sometimes romanticize music and see it as like, um, oh, I'm going to be an Ed Sheeran or I'm going to be, you know, the next big artist. And actually, um, the jobs aren't necessarily in those kind of arenas. So, um, yeah, we have to kind of prepare them for a, a harsh reality in a competitive industry. Yeah. And, you know, what what a lot of what a lot of kids don't realize is that, you know, let's take Jacob Collier or Ed Sheeran or Beyonce, whoever it is that you want to uh uh, kind of strive to be like what what a lot of kids don't realize is that behind an Ed Sheeran concert are probably 150 people working um, yes, yeah. whether it's setting up the sound system whether it's actively working the the sound you know uh, during the concert doing the lights uh, doing the ticket sales doing the promotion doing you know being Ed Sheeran's assistant and, and and walking there are so many jobs in the music industry other than being that uh, that uh, you know that talent if you will that, that everyone's coming to see but on that note, um, what I'm going to do right now in the podcast, which I haven't ever done before, um, is I'm going to play you uh, a bit of what Santiago submitted uh, to this uh, celebration of, of student creativity that we did uh, uh, back in earlier in 2023. And after I play that, um, we'll come back and I'll ask Santiago uh, the following question, right? So while we're listening, Santiago, think about this. What was it like composing? Um, that piece, like, you know, what were you thinking about? Um, uh, what was in your mind? Did you like being in a in a composition festival? It wasn't really a competition, although you won. Um, it was more of uh, Yolanda Brown said, these pieces are exemplary. Uh, and, and that's why you got uh, the prize package that you did. But I'd love to know your feelings, Santiago, on what it was like doing that process. And then I'll turn it over to Miss Yates to 
kind of get uh, your take uh, on on what it was like to have a, a student, uh, you know, be recognized, um, which is is usually for me at least that's a teacher's greatest joy is when their students are recognized outside of their institution uh, for their excellence. So here we go. We're going to play a bit of um, your piece now, Santiago, and we'll come right back.
So, folks, if you if you heard that, uh, you realize why I invited Santiago onto the podcast. So, Santiago, the question, what did it feel like to compose that? What were you thinking about? And, and what did it feel like to be recognized for your talent? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I think it, it kind of all starts with me from listening to music. What what I what I tend to do when I listen to music, I come up with ideas based on that music. Sorry, someone just waved at me. Um, <laughs> and when I listen to the when I listen to the music, and yeah, these ideas come to my head. That's kind of yeah, that's the spark of it all. Um, and I kind of just put it down. So when I started this piece, I was listening to Snarky Puppy, which ah. is another nice inspiration of mine. Yeah. So when you hear that first kind of motif, that ah, uh, cool. that G minor nine or whatever, um, that's kind of stemming from an idea. I had of a song I was listening to them thinking maybe this would sound nice in the background of it and then from there it's just building and building it's always fun when you've kind of got the layers in and then you hear you hear the product and then you kind of jam it out to yourself and, mm. it's, and it, it's it's a, it's a satisfying accomplishment and it's just a really nice place to be you're kind of in your own imagination your own sound world and you kind of imagine yourself in that area just kind of jamming along to it and for yeah me that's kind of what it felt like especially when i when i got to the main group and i was just kind of like yeah i like this this is good where do i go from here so yeah that's it, it's it's good when it's good in that sense of composing and, and then it's all about kind of thinking where can i bring it from there where's where's this going is there going to be a resolution am i going to build tension here so you know it's all about kind of, it's when when i'm uh, in the middle of composing i'm thinking well what does this sound like it needs to go and then something usually comes to my mind and then I'll go there and that's another kind of sound world that's like kind of the section view of the piece and then it's all kind of bright uh, in the section B anyway it's all big bright like a lot of a a, a much bigger sound than the other section if that makes sense Mm. and it's just kind of that contrast and it 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 gives tingles in my brain that's all that's all I can explain it really I love that that's a great way to describe it really really yeah just it yeah so let me ask you, when I when I was your age, if I composed something that I genuinely liked or that I was excited about, I listened to it over and over and over. It, 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 do you do the same or did you like compose it and say and move on to the next piece? Oh, no, of course. You got, you got to listen to it as, as many times as it makes you sick, because that's that's, <laughs> that's how you know it's a good piece, really. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so Miss Yates, what, what how did that feel to have to have Santiago's work? which effectively is, you know, part of your work, um, you know, working with students. How, how did that How did that make you feel? What did that do for the school? What did your administration think about it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, firstly, I think that composition that Santiago's produced, it's not some kind of standalone one-trick pony kind of thing. Um, he's a very, very talented composer, and he brings various projects to us, and, you know, we're often blown away by them. And um, he really does do it off his own bat and sometimes you could say you facilitate that by maybe pointing him in the right direction but he really really does um seem to kind of just do it off his own bat and from the heart and it's so nice and refreshing to get a student that um not only composes well but has a really kind of unique idiosyncratic style i think um when i listen to his music it just kind of it feels alive it doesn't really feel um just like a piece of music and um we always have this kind of conundrum at A-level music because I think exam boards are after a certain thing. So they, they're looking for, you know, um, I don't know, um, compound time signatures and 10 yep. modulations yep. and all these kind of tick boxes that they're after. And um, I think the students feel a bit limited by that sometimes. And Santi is 
an interesting case because he actually manages to tick all of those boxes, but without trying. Um, so <laughs> I think it's, it's natural. Yeah, exactly. He listens to a wide range of music, which is the most important thing you can do, really. And then yeah. I think subconsciously absorbs all of that and then, you know, then puts that into his music himself. And that's it's so difficult because you can, of course, teach how to compose to an extent, but you can't teach someone to really absorb stuff and listen widely. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, I'd love to take the credit, but really it is, you know, mostly Santi that does all of it um, off his own back. So. No, that's great. That's like any any good music teacher. You turn all the accolades over to the student. I, I, <laughs> you know, so Miss Yates, like, what what types? I mean, do you actively do music projects with your students uh, as part of your teaching day, or is this was this Santi going off on his own and uh, and and just composing? And you said, "Wow, this is really cool. Let's enter it." I think, yeah, I'd have to say that in this particular case, certainly, I think Santi has gone off and, and done this using his own resources, really. And um, I think music tech is something we kind of trickle and drip feed into our curriculum. And we wouldn't necessarily do a whole kind of term on music tech, but, right, you know, right. just things like um, in film music, using GarageBand to produce um, film underscores or in hip-hop for example at the moment we're looking at samples and in the past we've just sort of taught it from a knowledge perspective like what is sampling why is right. it used but this year we're kind of trialing using samples and actually manipulating them using technology so i think it's possible to to use technology to teach all kind of musical concepts so yep. even if you're doing you know sonata form with gcses um you can still teach that with with music tech and get them oh, to see a range of um, things so it's 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 yeah it's fantastic and it, it's also an easy win i think as soon as you open GarageBand, the students are just immediately transfixed and yeah um as i say we wouldn't necessarily do a scheme in and of itself but we certainly use it as like a tool and a means of teaching concepts and, and styles and that kind of thing right that and, and and by the way what you just said is is so important um i think a lot of teachers think that if you're going to incorporate uh, technology into your teaching, then you have to do nothing but technology or it has to be every aspect of, you know, every day you're doing stuff. That's absolutely not the way to be using it. It's really just a tool to help you teach a concept. And yes. if there, if it's easier to teach that concept without technology, by all means do that, um, you know, because it, it can get in the way, it, you know, for, from what I'm hearing uh, from both of you, um, Santiago doesn't really need any help uh, or, or uh, prodding to go in and, and, and work creatively independently. Um, you use it as part of your, you know, teaching, you have a Mac lab that's available um, to your students, do you have a specific class in music technology? I'm hearing no, but it, it's available to the students. Yeah, we don't run a specific course in tech. We'd certainly right. like to, I think, um, for sure. Um, I think offering that option would be really appealing to a lot mm. of our students. And um, I think certainly the boys at our school, uh, as we are a boys' school, because um, I think they enjoy having like really tangible kind of quantifiable things and yep. having a visual like program in front of them for some reason just seems to capture them a lot more than maybe if you I don't know teaching on manuscript paper or yep. that kind of thing and it's just a really tactile kind of thing for the boys yep. oh, that's great um 
So I'm running out of time. Um, so I I, I'm going to ask you both one more question. Okay. And the first okay. one will go to Santiago. Um, and, and again, I've never asked a student this one, so I'm super excited to hear what you have to say. And it's the advice um, question, which is if you were to give advice to administrators or music teachers who might be reluctant or not sure about, you know, music tech as a part of a, of a, a holistic music education, um, what would you say to them, uh, Santiago? Is it something that every school should have? Is it something that only specific schools or like, what is your take? Is this something for everyone or something for a select few? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it's 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 a bit funny because obviously there'll be a lot of people that are very, as you said, that are reluctant to do it. But I think it's kind of the music of nowadays. So it would be a bit, um, it would be very smart to shy away from it, I think. Mm. I think a lot of this, like Monsieur said, a lot of the students go to the max to, to put in loops and create what they like. Right. A lot of what they like like is going to be from nowadays compared to 200 years ago. I think right. that's more of an acquired taste. So I think... Yeah, I I just have to say, they kind of go for it and see where it goes because a lot of the times the students the students feed their own curiosity, so it's not it's not it's I I don't think it should be a stress, but it's more of um it's more of just letting the students get on with it. I think <laughs> if if I was to give a piece of advice, it it'd only be. I never really I, I you can't start really good. You got to have to embrace embrace what comes like you're not going to always get the perfect sound when you start i mean there's no such thing as the perfect sound right but you're not going to get the sound you want when you start so it's obviously going to sound really weird but there's obviously things you can take from that and then you can say well i like this i don't really like this so let's change it so i think sometimes you don't really want to shy away from what you don't really like you want to more say how do i change this to make it what i like and that's kind of what I did. And that's that's how I grew my knowledge by just experimentation and just carrying on trying and trying and see what you can find. And eventually you get your sound. And I think that's how you just become unique in your own sense. I absolutely love what you just said, Santiago. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, you you basically described both the creative process and the and the opportunities uh that that should I I personally think that every single kid that's ever walked the face of the planet has a creative musician a composer inside of them and they just have to be kind of I, I love the idea of like you you're going to fail before you succeed you're going to make weird stuff before you make good stuff but you just have to get on with it try it give students the opportunity and and yes some of them will be really you know wonderful and uh, at it and love it and some will say this just isn't for me i'm i'd rather go outside and play football i'm not i'm not interested in doing this but it's the opportunity uh that i personally think every student should have i'd, I'd love to turn it uh now finally uh to miss yates and see what you think about what what advice would you give to administrators and teachers about music technology yeah, absolutely. Just to echo everything Santiago has really said, I think um, one of the big kind of philosophies of our department here is I think that music should be accessible to everyone. Mm. Um, as you say, I think there's a, a performer, a creative person inside of everyone and uh, music tech is very, very accessible. And, you know, you don't have to necessarily invest in weekly expensive tuition on your piano and that kind of thing it's it's just very easy and kind of um, to access really. And yep. the other piece of advice I probably offer is for music teachers in particular to embrace um like asking their students questions really because honestly I'm a classical musician and I sometimes feel 
bit in the dark about music tech and it's not an area I would say I'm a specialist or I feel comfortable in. So mm. um, just not being afraid to ask students what they're doing um, and learning from them, because inevitably, I think you always get students that know more about you in certain areas. And rather than shying away from that and seeing it as a weakness or a slight on your subject knowledge, you should actually use that as a strength and and just kind of um, have an open dialogue with your students about it. And they know so much. They're so resourceful um, these days. So, yeah, I, I would, that would be my main piece of advice, really. No, I absolutely. You, you, the students will always know more about technology than their teachers. But hopefully the teachers know a little bit more about, you know, the composition, the music, the the notes on the page and and combining the two is really, really wonderful. Um, so uh, to, to just to wrap things up, Santiago, I am uh, pretty confident that we're going to be hearing more uh, from you in the future. I, I, I think um, you're you're a fantastic uh, young composer, young musician, thinker. Um, and, and I really look forward, uh, as I'm sure Miss Yates does, uh, to see what you do in the future. I'd really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you uh, for staying after school today and uh, and and meeting with me and, and chatting about your work. Uh, and uh, do you have um, like your own uh, SoundCloud channel where I can point people to to hear more of your music, Santiago? Um, I have like a YouTube channel, but I think I'm going to change the name soon. So I. I don't really have anything as of yet, but like pretty very soon I'll have something. As soon as you do, my friend, you you tell Miss Yates and Miss Yates will tell me and I'm going to put that in the I can put it in months from now. As soon as you're ready to share that with the world, I'll put it in the description of the podcast. Um, And and, and so everyone watch this space. Uh, Miss Yates, uh, Santiago, thank you so much for being on our podcast this week. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did, too. Thank you so much for having us and sharing your time with us. It's been great. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been really fun talking about music. All right, great. Take care. Have a great school year. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.